Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. Listeners, Brandon Bickmore here, your turbo lover. How's it going today? This is the Minds Gym Podcast. Uh, I've been uh, gone for a week or two. I missed you guys last week. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed my uh, my interview, actually, of me being interviewed with uh, Todd Sylvester in Spires. Um, Todd's an amazing human being, and I think he did a great job with the interview, and uh, um, hopefully... Uh, a few of you guys uh, learned a bit from my story, and, and uh, hopefully you'll learn some more today from uh, a neat guest that I have on today that I just met this morning. But I was actually in Mexico last week and uh, on a humanitarian trip. Uh, we went to Tijuana, uh, my wife and kids, uh, my brother Barry, his wife, uh, one of his daughters, Ashley and Josh, and her kids. My cousin Dean and a bunch of other amazing, beautiful uh, human beings. It was such a treat to be uh, in Tijuana and be able to serve. Um, so anyways, I was gone last week and I didn't have a chance to interview anybody, so I just posted uh, myself being interviewed by Todd um, Sylvester, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh, and found some uh, some truth or something that connected for you. I did get several texts and comments and it seems a few of you really connected to my story. So if it changed one person's outlook on uh, their life out there and gave a few of you some real hope, then uh, I guess I'm uh, doing my job here. So don't be afraid to be open and admit your, your issues and, and what you got going on in this world and be vulnerable and take that mask off. And that allows us all to heal together and allows us to you know sit with another human being that's been through a similar process and and uh, allows you to shift. You really got to open up if you want to move. So, um, you know, show that underbelly if, if you want to find yourself. And it's work, uh, obviously, but it's so worth it. I'm here and alive and, and a proven uh, benefactor of surviving uh, some crippling anxiety and depression that I went through for, you know, a good solid three or four years uh, with struggling to, you know, get out of bed dry heaving in the morning and uh, could barely, you know, exist, uh, didn't smile or laugh for a couple years, which I've uh, told you guys before, but as I said, my kids were like, Dad, you haven't smiled or laughed in two years, what's wrong? And so I'd really take a hard look at myself and see what was going on uh, in my mind, you know. So uh, there is a way out, I'm proof, and uh, if you want to um, uh, move on from your difficult uh mindset and, and world that you're currently seeing. Um, I'm just telling you, there's definitely a way out, and there's uh, several ways out, as uh, you'll find my guest today will, you know, share some of her stories. But if you're willing to do the work, um, you can fly, you know, or you can, you know, stay hidden behind that facade, and, and uh, a lot of us stay stuck in that position. So it's your choice, 
you can you create your entire world and with how you process information and how you see events. So your uh, perception uh, creates your reality. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Wayne Dyer: "When you change the way you look at things, uh, the things you look at change." Trust me, they do. I've been experimenting with this hundreds of times the last four or five years since I've been on this journey of uh, trying to find myself. And uh, yes, it's me. I create all my sadness and I create all my joy. I'm in charge of my emotions no matter what uh, event or uh, unkind situation takes place in front of you. I decide how it affects me and you decide how it affects you. Uh, It's all on me. So if you think otherwise, you know, welcome to a difficult, uh, uh, depressing and tough life. Um, We've got to be accountable here to, to find ourselves and admit our faults and you know, uh, make apologies and, and forgive ourselves and forgive others and move on. So, um, real quick about the Humanitarian Foundation. It was called Builders Without Borders. There was about 70 of us that went down there uh, to Tijuana. It was an amazing trip. Yes, we were safe. Um, uh, it was amazing to watch human beings with uh, down there. We were there for seven days. They're down there. They actually pay to go down there. It, it costs money to be involved. It's uh, $400 a person. Uh, anybody can go. You don't have to have any um, uh, uh, contractor skills, uh, subcontracting skills or whatever. Everybody fits in. But we went down there and build houses for uh, these less fortunate human beings. But witnessing uh, the 70 people went down there was amazing. Um, nobody's getting paid. Um, uh, it's probably as hard as I've worked physically in, in probably three or four years. And uh, not a single soul complained. Um, and it's amazing that when you give yourself uh, to others, uh, the mindset that you're in while doing that. Um, it was just, I just met so many beautiful people, especially the, you know, the people that went with us, the people that were there to serve. Um, I fell in love with so many human beings and and for those of you that, that were there, and I thank you. Thank for, you know, for allowing me into your life and letting me be a part of uh, your program. And they do take donations. They rely on donations to keep building these homes for uh, this Hispanic people in Tijuana. So please uh, donate to Builders Without Borders. If you send a check in, just say Brandon from the Minds Gym podcast or Brandon Bickmore or your turbo lover, um, put that on the bottom of the check and they'll know where it came from and they'll let me know and I can reach out to you and thank you. I'll even send you a, a, t- a Minds Gym t-shirt for anybody that donates. And so it was an amazing uh, process. Uh, it was life-changing for me, uh, my wife, my kids, and I believe everybody involved. Um, it was so peaceful. Every single day, all week long, was was nothing but love in the air and each night we would share our highs and lows and uh it was so neat to hear you know uh people's highs of the day and and there really wasn't any lows it's uh no lows when you're out there serving others and and giving of yourself and and notice when you are giving to others you're really taking care of you you know we're in service to others but we're really doing that uh, out of our um you know love of who we are and to to serve others so Anyways, I wanted to thank um, everybody that went. Uh, it was just an absolutely loving and uh, 
amazing, beautiful trip, and, and I can't wait to go again next year, and maybe even sooner I might put together a small group to go in February. So anyways, let's move on. Enough about me and the story, but just want to let you know why I uh, uh, posted myself being interviewed by Todd last week, because I was out of town. So uh, I got a lovely guest on today. I just met her this morning. Um, her name's Jordan L. Sutherland, and uh, this is a courageous, tough mother of four, beautiful young lady that's had a difficult journey and, and has come out on the other side and is now also helping others heal. She's born and raised in Utah. Her mother was white and her father uh, is black and Cherokee. Um, Cherokee Indian, or do we say Cherokee... Uh, Native American. Native American. Indigenous. Indigenous, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, so I was <laughs> like, okay, how do you properly say that? But you know, you guys know what we mean, and obviously this podcast isn't out here to offend anybody, but she has a podcast called Positively Insane, which we will share. But uh, anyways, let's welcome Jordan L. I'm excited to have her on, and how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Hi, everybody. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, she's got the special uh, podcast voice, if you guys haven't noticed already. I listen to... <laughs> podcast of hers and I'm like boy she's got a great voice thank you so, yeah I appreciate yeah. that yeah nice <laughs> soothing calm I try you know, confident Thanks. sounds good thank so you. so tell me just a little bit about you you grew up in Utah mm. um you mentioned racism was tough for you growing up yeah and it maybe kind of just brief synopsis of uh of your upbringing okay briefly. um my mom was a single mother um she moved to Utah when she was pregnant with me and my brothers, um, one is eight years older, another one's 16 years older than I am. And they're all white, blonde hair, blue eyes when I was a kid. Wow. <laughs> and so I was kind of the only one in my neighborhood and my schools that was brown. I, I met some Mexicans. Um, I made friends when I was fairly young with some, with another mixed family. Um, but... I I was told growing up that, you know, um, because I was black, I was evil. Like, that was a mark of evil. Mm -hmm. And also that because I was descendants of, a, of slaves that I yeah. couldn't read. Wow. So I had reading problems. Wow. And I have dyslexia really bad. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so the combination of those things, I really believed that yeah. I couldn't read for years and years and years. Wow. Um, I was told I, people liked me and they couldn't date me because of my skin color. Just a lot of racism. Wow. I was called every name in the book. and Really? I just, I did not like school yeah. at all. So I didn't go very yeah. much. Just it was difficult because of how the others were treating you? Mm -hmm. Is that why? Yeah, I was that kid that was like around the corner hiding and sitting down, like crunched in a ball making friends with the chubby kids and the kids with warts on their hands and yeah. the redheads. <laughs> All of us misfits kind yes. of came together. Just trying to fit in, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And yet we're all equal, but yet, boy, as children, we, we sure create our little groups, don't we? Yeah. It's so it's, sad. It's, it's kind of a parent thing. Like, my parents said this and my parents said that. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, parents have a lot to do with how the kids are brought up, huh? Yeah. And uh, what type of individuals they uh, grow into. Grow into and, and how they treat others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I 
uh, I watch my kids, and hopefully they're learning a bit from myself and my wife, and we do our best to be kind and loving to everybody, and I think our kids portray that. So It sounds like it. You guys just yeah. went and served in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. It was fun to get my kids out there. That was the first time that they've uh, been uh, on a humanitarian project, so it was it was beautiful to watch and, and to really watch them connect with a bunch of kids that they didn't know because they were not excited about going. They were like, oh. Dad, we don't want to go. Why are we going? Why are you making us do this? Yeah. You know, the, the living quarters weren't comfortable. You yeah. know, it was cold there while we were there. Oh, really? You know, four bunk beds to a little teeny room. Oh, wow. Um, you know, community showers. Oh, uh, my gosh. And it was, you know, my little sweethearts are... Uh, you know, they're pretty well taken care of at home. So to put them in a different situation, they were, they weren't very excited, but they did really good. I'm sure they have more gratitude. Yeah. It was amazing. Just right. (laughs) The first night we got there, they started talking to all the kids and it wasn't, we weren't there 20, 30 minutes. And they're like, I could tell it was, it was good. Oh my god! I was so thrilled because I was so nervous. I thought they might disown me. (laughs) <laughs> when we got home, I'm like, okay, oh. Dad, never again. Oh, my gosh. But they did so well. So, so. what's the age range for that? So um, pretty much whatever. My uh, niece went and brought her, uh, two of her kids and uh, Zach and Tyler. Zach's, I think, 8 or 10. Okay. And then Tyler's 12, I think. Okay. So he was, Zach was the youngest. But then my daughters are 14 and 16. Most of the kids were, I'd say, 14 to 20. Okay. And then, of course, there was all adults. age brackets there and adults. But, uh, um, I mean, they, it's amazing. They found work for everybody. You know, you could, my kids painted. They do little community craft pod projects, too, and then they take the projects to the less fortunate or make blankets. Oh. My uh, uh, so cool. sister-in-law and Teresa is an amazing quilter, so she brought her quilting stuff. They made some quilts. Oh, wow. So they just put together a bunch of little things. We went to the orphanage, by the <gasps> way, for a couple hours, played with all the kids that have been orphaned. Oh, wow. um, some of them were up for adoption and some aren't, but just to see how their, uh, you know, living uh, uh, situation is. And it was, it was a crazy experience. Sounds very humbling. Yes, it was so cool. And Absolutely very, loved it. like, connecting with people yeah. on a soul level. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh. Sounds I good. I mean, literally, like, I li- absolutely loved it. I think I want to do it. Yeah. And like say, anybody can go, um, you know, all you do is say you want to go and then you sign up and depend, you know, they go four or five times a year. Uh, my brother's been going for five years and they always go over Thanksgiving, so we'll probably go every Thanksgiving. But That's a good idea. I wouldn't mind doing it twice a year just because it's so close. Yeah. You know. And oh, my gosh. So it's neat. I know a group of people that are looking for things to do instead of Thanksgiving, so... Yeah. That sounds beautiful. It was neat. And then you didn't have to worry about cooking and where are we going? And we go into the in-laws or we go into my parents or it's just like, yeah, we're gone. We're having Hispanic you're food. Giving. We're having beans and rice and you're giving. Ah, which, which I love it. I mean, literally <laughs> a, a dream week. Okay. So I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna go. do that. I'm yeah, there was a the couple of gals that came um, that were in their mid-20s and they were so cool, but they had just met one of the kids that parents kind of run the deal and uh, went on a blind date or something and, and they are both mid-20s, didn't know anybody and they showed up out of the blue. Oh, wow. They were the neatest gals. <laughs> they were so neat and just everyone was just so hardworking and anything that anybody was asked to do, there was no complaints, no, I don't want to do that. It just, just everybody was rocking and rolling. It was cool. There was intent. You went with an intent. Yes. So there were no expectations. Tend to serve, no complaints. And when you're giving of yourself and you're serving, it's hard to complain, you know. Right. It feels good. 
amazing experience. So I want to know about um, uh, the farm. You said you were raised on a farm. Yeah. Because you loved animals. Mm-hmm. And your mom purchased um, some animals. Um, I'm a huge fan of farming. Uh, I have my own garden. I'm a huge gardener. Um, do a lot of yard work. But let's, let's hear a little bit about the farm. So when I was really little, I just always thought that I was going to save animals. <laughs> I, I imagined myself as like this, I don't know, goddess or queen of the animals with a wand and just singing all the time, you know, like Disney princesses. And so I'd bring animals home. Sometimes it was an excuse to not go to school. Like, oh, mom, look, I found a snake on my way to school and I'm going to take care of it today. So she went through a divorce and she thought, what can I do? And she bought a farm from an old guy and it was about a hundred years old. The house was, and everything was already ready except for like, you know, the regular gardening that you have to replant every year, Mm -hmm. but had tree, cherry trees, um, pear trees, apricot trees, um, grapes and flower gardens lilacs like just huge bushes of lilacs everywhere so when lilacs were in season it just smelled so good you just open your window it was beautiful where was it pleasant grove oh how big always like an acre or several acres do you remember i think it was two and a half acres wow yeah and it was all divided up and so we there was like a wild mustang that nobody could break and so they gave her to us my mom's like here you go mary Yeah. And there you go. Uh, yeah. And Mary. so, yeah, <laughs> nicknamed <laughs> Mary. So she gave me this horse and I, w- I could ride her. She loved me. I had no expectations of her. She had none of me. I'd just go outside and sing to her. Oh. Yeah. And um, she would go to auctions where they were giving away baby animals. So mm-hmm. my mom took in a lot of kids from like Rose Park area, other states. I had family members that the parents were just not able to take care of them at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so she had, we had 12 kids living with us at one time and like 24 on weekends. And so to teach them responsibility and to be kind, she would just take in all these baby animals and we'd like bottle feed goats and we had rabbits and wow. Yeah. Just we had chickens and geese. Geese are not fun to like, messy, huh? bring in so we had to learn teamwork so she would say hey kids you're not getting along I let all the geese out of the pen and so we'd all go outside and I had a cousin that she was just fierce and she would grab the queen by the neck (laughs) which was scary because she bit and all the other geese would follow if you had the queen so really mm -hmm. how do you know who the queen is just the most aggressive one yeah in charge the boss Mm -hmm. she was boss boss lady yeah so it was pretty cool. We we gardened and we played and we burned big, big huge piles of wood and had bonfires and it was it was an incredible. That's so little cool. Little piece of heaven. Yeah. It sounds like a slice of heaven. Was that kind of your escape as a kid? Big time. A little bit. Yeah. Go out and mingle with animals. animals. They're and, not going to treat you bad, nature. right? Right. Right. Animals I loved are being kind. at home. Yeah. yeah. My home life was amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. My mom's unorthodox, unorthodox so it was, yeah. it was really nice to have her as a mother in this, yeah. in this setting. 
30 years ago. Wow. Sounds mm-hmm. like a pretty giving, loving gal. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And she didn't do it through on. foster care. It was yeah. all through just word of mouth. And you mentioned she didn't get paid or reimbursed for any of that Mm-mm. service yeah. or taking others in. How many siblings did you have growing up? Um, so I have three biological brothers, mm. but um, so many I, that I called brothers and yeah. sisters, I can't even tell you that, that we had over 200 in and out of our house. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy <laughs> cow. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. It was really, it was really a neat upbringing. How young are you, if I might, if you mind, if I'm I ask? I'm 37 on Monday. 30, wow! <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday! Thank you. Have I'm you excited. seen the that movie that came out last year? I think it's called We Bought a Farm. No. Oh my goodness! I need to go watch. Probably that. the best movie in the last five years that I've seen. Okay. I'm I think it's called that. We Bought a Farm, we but this farm. these people in California buy like a two or three hundred acre farm, and and the soil is depleted. Oh, and wow. they bring it back, <gasps> and it's their journey of bringing the soil back and creating this. Fu- it is an unbelievable show, okay. and it's a true story. I'm going to go watch that. And if it's not called We Bought a Farm, it's something like that. Okay. And I'll just Google. Text me, and, and we'll figure it out. Okay. Amazing show. It sounds literally, And I think it's on Netflix right now. Okay. Um, I can't imagine what that would be like. Oh, it was. That's a lot of land. <laughs> it was. It's such a neat show. Dang. Um yeah. So, okay. So cool. Awesome. Um, you lived in Cape Cod for six years, you mentioned. Yeah. When I was 17, I was pregnant with my first son. Mm-hmm. And my soon-to-be husband and my family, we took off to help take care of my grandparents who were mm-hmm. retiring. And that was crazy. It was very different from Utah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. The no farm? Not on a farm. <laughs> we left the farm. It was unfortunate. We couldn't pay rent there and here, so we lost it. My mom oh. had to file bankruptcy. So, really? yeah, it was so sad. sad. <laughs> Cost oh. of living was very different. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I had two children there, got married, and winters are dark and um, cold, and the snow is crazy out there. We got snowed in one year for three days. We weren't allowed to drive on the roads. I worked at a hospital at the time, and um, that was insane. I just, I had only visited in the summertime, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's beaches and, yeah. and sand, and, and, and you know, when I before I was vegan, it was lobster and shrimp. It was just these amazing vacations. And then, <laughs> and then we moved, and I experienced my first real cold winter yeah yeah it was cold it was so cold way colder than you because the wind from the ocean just it's hitting your face (laughs) it was really cold so we did that and then we moved back um in 2005 christmas day Mm. yeah cool yeah and then um you had four children Mm -hmm. um are you married or single presently i am single you're single Mm -hmm. so you got divorced Yes, and then I got married again and had two other, two more. Children. Two more. Cool. Yeah. So you got two from two different fathers. Um, fathers. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you get along with those fathers? Um, not the way that I would like to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to school for six years and took psychology, mm-hmm. where I learned a lot of um, great ways to parent, mm-hmm. and, you know education is really important because it helps 
you change the way that you think and therefore how you behave. And it's not easy to tell other people they're doing things in ways that um, aren't so productive. And so, you know, we do our best on both sides. Yeah. Um, they didn't teach you at uh, you went to UVU and studied psychology and social or behavioral science. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach you how to spouse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I took so many classes and they they there was a joke that like the best therapists are single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of it goes with that whole like we think we know everything. Yeah, for sure. And you can't tell people how to act and behave. Oh, no. It's so, impossible. Yeah, and yeah. I I had problems myself, so I was yeah. not always the best spouse, but yeah. I was young. Sure. You know, getting yeah. married, I think, before your brain is developed isn't the smartest yeah. thing to do. I don't think it's a good idea to get married or 17 or 18, but right. that's the journey, <laughs> you ch- journey you chose, right? It, Learned a lot. It, yeah, I just didn't know very much. I grew up thinking fairy tales were real, mm-hmm. and... Um, in Utah, I really was focused on having an eternal family, sure. you know? Yeah. I wasn't thinking about going to school, and I had that mindset that I couldn't read, so I wouldn't go far, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I made decisions and thought that things were certain ways, and I learned. Yeah. I've learned as I've grown. Yeah, I think we've all learned. I mean, obviously I have a wife, too, and I probably wasn't. I wasn't. No, probably is uh, the best spouse in the world over the last 20 years, 15 years or whatever it may have been. But boy, we just, it's real easy to get confused. And, and we haven't been taught how to spouse, how to be a good partner, you know, how to take care of self. So, self. you know, once you learn how to take care of self, I think you're a whole lot better of taking care and being there for others. But boy, when you don't know up from down, but you think you do, you know, you do some wild and crazy things and yeah. sometimes things that aren't so kind, but Not it's all so part kind. of the process. I know. And and saying we need to fill up our own cups before we can, or our own water bucket before we can serve others, mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really say too much about taking care of you your body, your mind, your soul. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like talking about that often. It's, it's, uh, you know, this, I have a group that meets every other week, um, that I, um, host, uh, with my mom and, and my brother and I, and it's called save your lovely self. Oh, cool. And so <laughs> you've got to save yourself and take care of you before you can be that human being that's serving and giving. But when you're not even, comfortable or confident or you can't take care of you how are you expected to be there for others right you know so I'm a huge fan of really doing a lot of self-care and Mm self-love which at times can seem um uh selfish but it's not not. (laughs) not. no because I'm just taking care of me so I can better serve you and since I've on this journey of finding who I am I, I believe I've become a kinder more loving more passionate understanding human being and it's only because I've been taking care of me finally yeah. instead of in taking care of me in a healthy manner instead of in a manner of you know drinking and try these medication to see if you can calm your mind and do whatever you know Matt, ways to numb the feeling of not having enough um, I've 
I learned nonviolent communication. So I think communication is a huge thing. Self-awareness. So with that self-love and self-care, self-aware <laughs> is a big thing. And and learning nonviolent communication, which I started studying last year. So it's kind of a new thing to me. So that, that has changed how I'm able to communicate with others and like actually have an effect that is beneficial to both parties. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, self-awareness. Yeah. When did you um, go to school? How long ago were you at UVU? I began in the summer of 2007, and I dropped out in spring of 2012. That was my last semester. Yeah. I I fell depressed uh-huh. and started taking medications and just self-sabotage. Yeah, so you were struggling while you were going to college a little bit. Mm-hmm. So isn't it kind of crazy to look back and so you're studying psychology and behavioral science but yet you're struggling oh yeah so were they really teaching you how to take care of you in school yeah they were or they weren't they were they were but you weren't listening I was I was listening um I actually started seeing a therapist in the middle of my education there and one thing that was very important to me was finding a therapist who had actually been through things, not one who had just been taught how to take care of people's problems. Because I feel like someone that's been there and done that and has recovered is, is a better teacher and a better guide than and, a, and has better advice than someone who has just been told, here's what you do in these cases. Yeah, And so... I did a lot of work, but the depression was, it was actually like an, a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that I was just telling myself or a, pl- a place that I was stuck. Mm-hmm. So then I was experiencing medications and um, one medication can lead to have, needing three other ones because of the side effects for it. So I was eventually on 20 medications. I was on pain medication and anxiety and depression and um, sleep medication and even antipsychotic medication. Like I was taking so many toxins that I literally was having visions and hearing voices and it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So education sometimes doesn't help in situations like that. You yeah. need you need to focus on your your actual body and what you're putting into it. So you were pretty medicated while you were going to school? The last few years yeah. you were taking... The last year, 2011, is where the depression hit mm-hmm. in November. No, I want to say it was more like September. Yeah. And then I just started going downhill. I laid in bed for three months and just stared at... For some reason, there was a little plastic ball up on a ledge in my, in my ceiling. And I just, I remember staring at that and looking up ways to die. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I've, I started testing ways to die and writing notes. And then I was like, okay, I need help. I really need help. So I had a Bishop come over, not a Bishop, somebody from one of my friends, her father was really heavy into the LDS church Uh and I asked for him to come give me a blessing. And then he's like, there's a little light inside you. I see this and Hmm. you have a purpose. And, and that, and I was like, okay, 
what's next? What can yeah. I do? And then I was like, I need to go to a doctor. I need to get medication. I need this to, these thoughts to stop in my head so right. that I can take care of my kids again. Because yeah. I, I wouldn't even go to the bathroom. Like I would just crawl in and my husband at the time would bring me in and take me back to the bed. And wow. I had abandoned all responsibility. Yeah. Here again, you couldn't take care of yourself, so how are you supposed to take care of your kids? I couldn't. Right? Yeah. Possible. If he wanted to leave and take them, he he would have had a great case on his side. Yeah. I sure. was I was nothing. Yeah. I thought I was nothing. Yeah. You were in the deep, dark depths of hell. Mud. Yeah. yeah. I felt like I was just in this big lake of mud mm-hmm. and like quicksand mud. Yeah. So you mentioned you had a chemical imbalance. Was that before you started taking medication or while you were taking yeah, all the medication? Before. Before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so what leads you to believe you had a chemical imbalance? Because now you're drug free. Mm-hmm. You don't take any medications. Correct? Yeah. So what? So let's just look at this. So you had a chemical imbalance, but yet you're fine now. Yeah. So what was your chemical imbalance or what led you to believe you had a chemical imbalance? Um, miscarriage. Oh, you had a miscarriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think your mind was off or just your body was off? Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and how did you um, recover or move on from the chemical imbalance? So I went through, um, I want to say 2000, it was September again, 2012. Um, I was on a lot of medications, and then my back started to hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I would lay on, like, ice packs, anything in my freezer, just to numb my spine. Mm -hmm. And and so then my problems went from being a mental problem to also a physical problem. Mm -hmm. And so I was in bed for years, um, and I was having procedures like... um, blocks on my on my nerves Mm -hmm. and I was I they put me on fentanyl and then I got addicted to that so I was using a patch I wasn't taking pills and the patch just kept growing bigger in size and then finally I went to the doctor and they're like there isn't a bigger size and without that patch I would just like I was just like rocking and throwing my arms and my legs out and screaming and crying so they put me on Suboxone. I don't know if you've heard of Suboxone. I don't know that Suboxone one. Suboxone is like a, it's a medication they use for drug addicts mm-hmm. that are heavily addicted to something. Right. So they put me on that. To help you wean off of the... To Just to get me onto something different. Right. And that, But they gave me like these slides of film that you put under your tongue and you can cut them. So I got mine down to a sliver. And I would get five days out, and then my body would just convulse again, and mm. the pain would come back. So I'd just put another one under my tongue, and everything would go away. So I know what it's like to be addicted to something like a drug addict. Sure. But some drug addicts aren't addicted um, as far as their bodily pain. Some It's a mind thing. But for me, it was a body thing. Mm-hmm. And so I... Wanted to get off of that, and then I, I was laying in bed researching different things and different ways to save my body, and those ranged from having implants, like chip implants at grinder conventions. <laughs> That's a whole wow. world of things. Um, Never heard of that. It, it's crazy. 
it's crazy. And then <laughs> I was looking into, I was like looking for the fountain of youth. I was anything I could find. Mm-hmm. And finally I came across this article, a doctor wrote about changing, like staying in the same family of drugs, but changing the drug. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I could do um, Percocet, which I had used previously, but I wasn't addicted to instead of Suboxone. Mm-hmm. And so I went to my normal doctor and I asked him to give me a prescription of that so I could try and get off the Suboxone. And he did. And I was off in 10 days hmm. off of both of them. Really? Yeah. And so and I had tried for years, two years to get off of the Suboxone. Um, it's not a pleasant taste and it's not, it doesn't feel good to be, to, to feel like you're a slave to a drugstore and, and that you need insurance and that you need to go to the doctor every month. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had been going to the doctor sometimes four times a week. And so I was at the doctors or in bed. And I, so I, I wasn't a present person. I wasn't there for my children. I wasn't mm-hmm. cooking meals. I wasn't going to school functions. I wasn't doing anything for myself. And the pain was so bad that I would just like crack my back all the time. And so I like was throwing discs out of place because I I didn't know like I was really breaking my back just trying to get rid of pain. So to detox, I went off as, as many medications as possible and I got off of like 14, so I was using Adderall and Prozac and stuff for sleeping and anxiety and weight loss. So I I kept like seven or like six or seven medications. But once I had gotten that far, I'd lost 40 pounds and I started feeling better. But I had also stopped eating um, added sugars and breads because I was like, I want to be skinny again. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was what would lead to happiness. Yeah. And um, and so I've just I was on this journey just to eliminate toxins from yeah. my body and medications. And Did I answer were, your question? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, you're good. I just wondered how you uh, removed them from the chemical imbalance. But you were on, you mentioned in your little bio, about 20 meds. Mm-hmm. Taking 20 meds, you got down to six or seven. Mm-hmm. Now today you're drug-free. I'm drug-free. Right. So, Mm -hmm. but was there any, what was the huge shift for you to be able to work through all of that? What were you studying? What were you reading? What were you doing? You mentioned you had a chemical imbalance. I think people don't have chemical imbalances. This is my story. I think we have thinking problems Mm -hmm. and our minds don't function properly because the way we're perceiving and seeing the world. So I think we have thinking problems, not chemical imbalances, because I was told I had a chemical imbalance. I was told I had to be on medication my whole life. But as soon as I squared my mind up, my chemical imbalance went away. Yeah. Because I changed the way I perceived the world. So do we really have a chemical imbalance or do we have a thinking problem? I think I think it starts with thinking. Yeah. Because our we can create disease with our thoughts. Sure. And um, there's a woman who wrote a book and literally it's you can go through this book and, and say, Oh, acne or um, or thyroid problems, or um, yeah, Lyme's disease, sure. or cancer. Um, her story started off with going through abuse as a child and and focusing so much on one area of her body that cancer grew there. Yeah. And so 
And when you look back at ancient wisdom, everything grows from thoughts. So yeah, I think, 100%, I think yeah. you're right. I'm with you. So my question would be, did you really have a chemical imbalance or did you have a thinking problem I had a thinking originally? Problem. Yeah. yeah. That you try to fix with medication because the doctor says your mind's off, your body's off, whatever. But yet if we just question our thinking. So I'm a huge fan of Byron Katie. Have you heard of her yet? I don't know. Yeah. I share, talk about her all the time, but she has a process where you question your thinking problem, your, your stressful situations, and then it allows you to process your information that you believe your perception of what took place in this argument or this divorce, or this death, or this terrible uh, experience you had, and you question, you go back, and, and what you find is you realize what you thought happened didn't, because reality goes so fast. Right. The mind can't really see what's going, because reality's moving so fast, and the mind can't keep up. So we, we spin everything, and right. we're always like looking for the worst in every situation. And in others, and not and ourselves. And in others, yeah. And so when you question your thinking, it kind of... Your ego goes, oh, wait a second, this guy's got me. Yeah. Why well, he's asking me these questions, he's kind of figuring me out. And then the ego kind of takes a back seat to that situation. It's a beautiful process. So that's what changed my life. Okay. Was doing a worksheet uh, with my mom from Byron Katie because oh. I wanted to die. I said, I can't do this another day. And my mom, my brother's like, just go try a couple worksheets with mom. And literally I did a 180 in 30 minutes. What? And I was like, <laughs> you're kidding me. So mine was like profound. Like I literally was moved in 30 minutes it to was like a thought. And process. all I did is change my thoughts. Mm-hmm. In 30 minutes, I changed the way I processed seeing this event. And literally, I stood up and was like, You're kidding me. It's this simple. Wow. And yet, I share this all the time. I tell everybody and I mention people, Hey, I do this. Do you want to meet? So I, you know, consult people one on one, facilitate them. Most yeah. people aren't interested. No. Even that are struggling and stuck, they're so s- afraid of finding out who they are and afraid of love at the end of the day that they they dodge you. It's amazing to me because I would have paid a million dollars to find what I found. Yeah, a lot. There's, there's people that are seeking healing and there are those that identify with what they're going through. At, like it's a part of who they are. They think. They think. Right. Yeah, and they created it mm-hmm. and they can get out of it. Yeah. I mean, I've literally... This process, the a lady does it here in Salt Lake. She's been doing it for 25 years. She says she's she meets eight to ten clients a day, five or six days a week. She's never seen the process not work. Wow, and I'm gonna need. I need to look up this lady. Yes, Byron Katie. It'll <laughs> change your life. Let me write this down. Literally, <laughs> it's a it's a game changer. Um, she's good friends with Eckhart Tolle. I love the, him. The book you're reading right yeah. now, uh, a, new a New Earth, Earth, which I haven't read that one now, but she he says that he's the um, explains the why, mm-hmm. why um, it's beneficial to be present and, and why it's beneficial to change your perception and your thinking and all that, you know? And she's the how. Byron Katie's the how. <laughs> I love it. How do you know that? <laughs> because I'm listening. <laughs> yes, but literally. And so that's what they tell each other. He's the why and she's the how. Okay. So she gives you the prescription to solve your issues and he just talks about it and tells you why it's going on. Yeah. But he doesn't have the solution on how to get out of it. Okay. And he admits that. Oh. Because so. listening to him really changed my life a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Again, sure. I, and I love that. I love He's having awesome. paradigm shifts. And, mm-hmm. and so it was cool to, because I, I listen to the Audible because I use my hands when I'm working. So mm-hmm. it's just like. Oh my gosh, just rocking and stopping and writing down things yeah. and 
I did get stuck when he talks about pain bodies. Have you yeah. heard about that? A little bit, yeah. I know. Yeah. So if Katie, yeah. Byron Katie. Talk about the pain body the for pain a minute. Body. Let's talk about it. Oh, so basically the pain stuck. body yeah. is a bunch of emotions that basically form into a parasite. Mm-hmm. And they can be all sizes. That's how he explains it. Mm-hmm. And he said that some people are attracted to pain bodies. Mm-hmm. And it feels like falling in love. And that hurt. <laughs> that wow. hurt so much. It hurt. I cried really? for like two days. Because I've just, when I look back at all of my failed relationships with men, I see the same pattern and, you know, you think you're smart enough to outwit something, yeah. but then you fall in love. And, well, I've, I would fall in love. And this last time I fell in love, I really fell in love. Mm-hmm. I, it was something I've never felt in my life. And, um, and were you really falling in love? I still love him. <laughs> I still love this person. And so I questioned that. I questioned... Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't see, smell, taste, hear, or did I say smell? Mm-hmm. Um, or feel it. Touch. Yeah, yeah, touch it. And I'm falling so quickly. I fell so hard. Like, it was love at first sight for me. And mm. this person is working on himself um, a lot right now. Mm-hmm. He's very focused with a lot of help. And I... And so I fell in love with a pain body. Yeah. I fell in love mm. with a pain body. I ignored all red flags. Yeah. And so that really bothered me. And then I asked online and some people were like, "That's no, it's still love mm. um, because you are love. You're coming from a pa- place of love. Sure. And my answer to everything is love. Mm-hmm. So it, it, if you want to skip, you know, from if you want to make your thinking process go a lot faster, I'd just say jump to love. Sure. Because if you can figure out why you're upset with somebody, it it boils down to you have a, a part of you loves them. Mm-hmm. And you can't understand why they're not filling a role that you've assigned to them. Sure. So it, so if you still love them, if you love them, let them let them be. Let them be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true love, right? Yeah. To allow others to do journey. what they do. Mm-hmm. Allowing people to do what they do, kind or unkind, that's love. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. you gotta, if you don't love what you see, you only find pain and suffering. Right. So you got to learn to love what you see. How do you love what you see? For me, I have to question what I'm seeing when I get uncomfortable or when I get stressed or anxious or depressed. i got to question what I'm thinking and believing. Yeah. And then I have that shift. Work it. But, yeah. Yeah. So but sometimes we have to go back into these relationships. Like the body will keep taking us and the mind will keep taking us back to where what's uncomfortable yeah. only to find ourselves. Some of us are, we're slow learners, you know? Yeah. I went to hell for five years, you know, I was 44, 43, whatever. When I came out of my mess, I had to keep going to hell and keep going back into that pain body to find me. So yeah, that's all it's doing. It's taking you back to where, hey, you didn't figure this out. Let's go try it one more time. Yes, because what we see that bothers us is something yeah. is a reflection of what we still have to work on. Sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's something going on that you don't like outside of you, it's a problem with inside yourself. Yeah. But we put it on the other human being in front of us because that's easier. It's easier. Yeah. And, and it, it builds up our ego. Yeah. 
and it drops all accountability in how you're seeing and and behaving in your world because you're putting your blame on others. Right. Nobody can make you unhappy or upset or miserable. It's all it's number all one. It's all in our mind. Yeah. Um, that movie, A Beautiful... What is it? It's that German movie about the man um, that was on in a concentration camp with his son, and he like made a game out of it. For his son. I don't remember. Beautiful. Not a beautiful mind. It's not a beautiful mind. It's something beautiful. I'm not a beautiful. huge movie goer. I'm a small well, movie Me either. Goer. I had to watch it in school, <laughs> in college. Um, is it a beautiful place? Oh, I'm sorry. I wish I remembered. Okay. I have. I remember so many things and just let other things go. Sure. So. It's all good. But yeah, that movie was kind of incredible because even though he was in the worst situation you can imagine yourself in, he made it a pleasant experience for his son because he was positive. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. It was a good movie. You have to read the subtitles. It's, it's in German. You might have to find it for me. Yeah, Make a note that. so you can figure and it out. Text yes, me another. a beautiful blank. <laughs> a beautiful something. Um, tell me about uh, the... Um, you had some rocky relationships. I'm sure you burned a few bridges along the way. I burned so many bridges. Yeah. So have you um, done your best to like forgive and make amends? And mm-hmm. and I'm sure some human beings are still frustrated, but yeah, all you can do is forgive and let them know you're sorry and, and yes. move on. And hopefully they'll accept the, the apology. Mm-hmm. And hopefully on when they get to their place where they're ready to grow and not be angry anymore, they'll accept your yeah loving kind self self yeah because yeah. we don't know what the future holds and all we can do is live in the present so um like this last relationship that i got out of mm-hmm. it was it was rocky <laughs> it was a really rocky relationship um he did a lot of things that we don't want to happen in a relationship mm-hmm. and um, uh, abusive things and in the middle of the abuse right after a huge episode of of actually getting physically hurt I started learning the nonviolent communication which is basically what need do I have that's not being met and how do I meet my own need without hurting somebody else so I sat and watched for hours, eight hours of this, of ways to learn how to communicate better with others because I thought this can go two ways. Like we can break up and I can hate him and, and say bad things about him and let everybody know, or I can let him know that he's forgiven and that this isn't healthy and we are obviously not a great couple because we have things to work on and that I'm that I still love him and I I think that he can find himself help mm-hmm. and I'm going to remove myself from yeah. from being in his way sure and so I was actually speaking to another friend a few like a month ago he, he said you know I've hurt people and I always thought you need to go back to that person and be there for them to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, but that's not the answer. Sometimes I'm sorry has to be enough because you're getting back into it for the wrong reasons. And you, so you'll still hurt that person. And so that was another like light bulb that came on in my head. So when my ex came to visit the children and I, my children and I, um, I told him that I just said, you know, I'm sorry, we'll do. And we love you. And like, you can go out in the world and, and heal yourself and find happiness. And we wish you the best and we love you unconditionally, but unconditional love doesn't mean you put up with everything. It means you just put boundaries in place. Sure. And that way you can still love somebody from a, but from a distance. Yeah. Yeah, And that allows them to be themselves and go through their journey and because we can't force our journey doesn't work for everybody else. Mm. You know, like like you were saying, like you have something to share and offer, but some people aren't ready for that. But I believe you're planting seeds. Mm-hmm. And so in my thought process, I think I'm thinking we're just planting seeds of love and yeah. it will grow. And at least in the future, he'll know what love is because he's felt it before he's experienced it before. Sure. Yeah. And so my bad my bad. Um, relationships, I think that I found out who I was two years ago, a little over two years ago. I went vegan. Mm-hmm. I watched What the Health, mm-hmm. and I I was really upset. I had problems with um, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything. I was mad at the government. I was mad at people that are racist. I was mad at um, at people that had been in my life um, that I was blaming for, you know, things that didn't work out the way we wanted them to. Um, And then when I went vegan, I, it's, it's kind of like you start working inward, you start chipping away at problems. So that's when I got off of every medication. That's when I did lose the weight. That's when I detoxed my body from all these different chemicals that that I had been eating, um, GMOs and medications that are shot into animals so that their meat is good. Um, so that I just, I detoxed. Mm -hmm. And so when I did that, then I was like, Oh, I've hurt people because then you become really aware, like of all of the ways that you've been hurting your surroundings and your ecosystem and, other beings and people that you love or people that you care about or people that you don't necessarily think matter, but they do. We're all connected. We're all interconnected. And so I, I was a promiscuous person before that. And I stopped being promiscuous. Mm -hmm. I, I just really took a break and started working on myself. I started telling people I was sorry. Mm -hmm. I started, um, wanting to be more of a hero. Like I wanted to play the part, the main actress in my world. I wanted to dress up and show up and, and make a difference instead of leave people feeling a negative way about me. And so good for you. Thank you. So it was a real journey and I just, I've been knocking out things that my ego loves. Yeah. So every time I, my ego attaches itself to something else, I'm like, 
hmm. <laughs> What's this all about? Right? Yeah, like how can I stop doing that? Yeah. Um. And, but the consciousness and the awareness is where we start playing with our ego and putting our ego in check. Yeah. It's just being like, oh, this is an ego problem that I'm having. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. so I've been just, you know, dabbling in, in that the last couple of years, but yeah. a lot this last year since I started yeah. the nonviolent communication. You, you'll love those worksheets because all you wait. do is question your ego. Oh. That's all you do. Yeah. And then the ego has to, like I say, take a back seat. So you question all these little things or nuances that come up that drive <laughs> you nuts or think that you need or got to have. And you can question any thought you've ever had in the entire world. And it just sets you. Yeah, I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. Um, I don't like my um, job. I'm frustrated with my siblings. I'm mad at my mom. I'm mad at my dad. I mean, you can question anything. Um, question oh thoughts about your body. Are they free um, online? Do you it's know? free online. Oh, it's so great. cool that she's throwing out they're free online. But understand too that if you do it with an f- experienced facilitator, mm-hmm. it's almost mandatory the first five or ten you do. Otherwise, you're not going to know what you're doing, and your ego oh, will God. trick you and walk you right off the worksheet, oh. and you'll stumble. So that's why I say I've been doing it for five years. My mom's been doing it for twenty. And you do these um, groups, and that's when they do the groups, and that's what we do as facilitations at groups. We just are have one person free? share. My groups are free. Awesome. Yes. Where are they? In Draper. Okay. So what we do days? it at my mom's house uh, in her basement every other Wednesday. Okay. So it was last so week. Every other Wednesday. So we just follow my, you know, the Minds Gym podcast. Follow your Turbo Lover Instagram, Brandon Bigmore on Facebook. I post when group is, what time, and I remind everybody. Two days before, right? Thank Monday, you. Monday, Tuesday, and it's yeah, it's a free group. But this is awesome. I throw it out there, and there's anywhere from five to twenty people that show up each week. Wow! And it's free. It changes your life, and I'm amazed that we don't have a million people there every week. Yeah, because it's that beneficial. Well, I'm it's gonna spread the word. Total game changer. I'm, you might have to come on my show. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> okay, thank you. Love to. Um, so you mentioned the show, so that you watched what the health. Yes. Was that the game changer that kind of got yes. you into Sorry, moving? Sorry, I went on a tangent. Yeah, so it got you into moving and being more aware, noticing what you're putting in your body, and, and it because allowed I, you to heal. Yeah, because I noticed what my actions are doing to other communities that I don't know about, like. Like poisoning water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, decontamination. Yes, yes. So poisoning people's water because I'm eating beef or pork. Uh And so I was like, okay, if, you know, be the change you want to see. I I can't tell other people like, oh, go clean up that water. Like Uh the best way to stop doing that is to just stop eating that. Like we don't need it to live, so why eat it? Yeah. So I went vegan. And... And so by doing that, it was really cool because instead of just yelling and pointing my finger mm-hmm. at everybody and demanding things that aren't going to happen, I just became the change. Cool. Yeah. Be the change you want to see in others. That's mm-hmm. somebody's quote. Yeah. That's how you change people's world is by example. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be interested to know I'm not vegan. And Most I think people aren't. <laughs> I know. My daughter is. Oh, really? But I've, in the research I've done, and I've been researching nutrition for probably 25 or 30 years. I'm heavy into nutrition. Mm-hmm. I think animal protein's crucial for a healthy mind and a healthy body. Do you but know where animals my get story. their protein? From, uh, I'm going to say, 
greens from plants, grass, and plants. <laughs> so you're getting it secondhand. Yes, but not all animals. A lot okay. of animals eat animals. I'm going to challenge you, my friend. <laughs> watch what the hell. Okay. And watch Game Changers on Netflix. I watched Game Changer already. Yes. Yes. The strongest man on earth gets his protein from the same place that animals get theirs. I watched that, but then I listened to another podcast. I think Joe Rogan had guys on about mm-hmm. the Game Changers and a lot of the show. Here again, you can argue it <laughs> to death. They said a lot of the content wasn't true in that movie. I follow most of those vegans on, on Instagram, yeah. and I've been following them for years since I went vegan, actually. Really? And they are real. I, I remember watching them say they were going to go on to game, like they were on doing the Game Changers, yeah. and I was so excited. Um, I've, I've actually met people, not met, I've, I have friends online because um, it's a small community still, rarely. Mm-hmm. I, um, a woman who was in a wheelchair for five years from MS, she's no longer in a wheelchair. wheelchair. I had a friend who had Lyme's disease. He doesn't have Lyme's disease anymore. And they both went vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People that have had cancer. Yeah. Um, and then me. Like I, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Sabi. But I heard of Dr. He, he actually healed people that had AIDS and um, blindness mm-hmm. and other things because his his philosophy is that the animal products create mucus in our body and every disease comes from mucus. Mm. And so basically you can you can heal yourself. Yeah, and and I did, I saved myself. So Yeah, it's amazing. So this is what I've found out in my forty eight years of being on this planet, mm-hmm. there's, I agree, I think there's 50% truth and 50% non-truth in everything. So I agree with you completely, and I also disagree. Well, I agree with you 50%, disagree with you 50%, but here again, it's just my story. Mm-hmm. I read a book um, on uh, this nutritional lady, doctor, I think it's Amy Myers. Mm-hmm. She was vegan until she was like 35, and she got terribly ill and sick. And her book, the way you read through her book, mm-hmm. she had to eat animal protein. And the second she started eating animal protein, her body started to heal. Mm-hmm. And she's a um, a naturopathic doctor. She's mm-hmm. one of the m- most popular doctors out there. And I can't remember what her book's called, but she says exactly what you say is she's met with so many sick people that mm-hmm. have been healed because they were vegan forever, and then she was just saying that humans need animal protein. Here again, this is what I say. <laughs> Medi- I, I'm all about um, mediocrity with everything, so I just like to balance everything, not too much heavy this way or heavy this way, because mm-hmm. you get too terribly strict. I think that can also be like a mind trick from the ego where it's got you again in its fold. So right. I just think everything and you know, and... Not mediocrity, but in moderation. You know, I eat a little bit of meat. I don't eat a lot. I think vegetables are way more healthy than anything. So I probably eat vegetables four or five days a week, and I'll eat protein three or four of the days out of the week. But obviously vegetables with every meal. So I think that's the best nutrition on the planet. But I also think some things are healthy. But you and I could argue this to death. I believe you're right. I believe (laughs) I'm right. Um, But it's also whatever works for you. And, and what I do believe is what you put in your body, the thought about what you're eating creates how it well, works Well, when you're in putting your dead cells in your body, you're not really... It's not beneficial. You're not benefiting your body. When yeah. you're putting living cells in your body, you are. Seeds 
they can be dried. Uh-huh. You can plant them in the ground and they will grow yeah. years later. Uh-huh. With an animal part, you can't plant that. Nothing comes out yeah, of it. Out we of have an exchange with plants like we do with our oxygen. We give to them and they give to us. Yeah. You can't do that with animals. Yeah. They're like our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. on this planet. Yeah. It's ruining mm-hmm. our ecosystem. Like, um, sure, th- eating less meat is it's really a lot better yeah. for us. But um, there's a karma in, in just our actions and the way that we do things. Like, yeah. our animals are being raised in terrible. in terrible conditions where they have to be given medications And so I was doing Lyft for a minute and I picked somebody up from one of my favorite stores that I get a lot of vegan products from. And he was like, oh, I'm actually a butcher in that store. And I was like, oh, and he's like, hey, I have a question for you. This is a five minute drive. And he said, I am feeling anxious. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling hopeless. And I said, well, how do you think those animals feel that you're eating? You're eating their feelings. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I never thought of it like that. So it's not me. Mm. I don't th- believe that turned him vegan. I don't mm. believe that stopped him from eating meat. Yeah. But I think that he thought for a minute, oh, it's not me that has this problem. Huh. Like my life is fine. Yeah. Um, I'm actually eating the emotions yeah. of other beings. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, you're going to, when you start doing these worksheets, mm-hmm. so... This is why my life's drastically different. Mm-hmm. Um, every story that we create that we think's not good mm-hmm. creates pain. Mm-hmm. You ever considered that? Yeah. So if I think eating vegetables are terrible, it creates pain for me. If I think eating meat or animal products is bad for me, that mm-hmm. creates pain in my mind. And so. so my thing is the way I try to love everything. So if people are eating meat, it's happening. It's reality. Mm-hmm. If I don't learn to love it, it's going to be a little bit painful for me. Not that I got to love it, but accept it. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, there's a really neat video on Byron Katie's website. And a lady is furious because of how they um, treat cattle and how they are killed to be processed for meat. It's really sad. So watch that video, and you'll see that lady go from madder than hell to understanding and and being okay, and I would say almost loving the process of actually what takes place. It's fascinating. That sounds a little bit sick to me. It does. <laughs> but also when I tell people what these worksheets do, they think it's unbelievable. Like there's no way that a worksheet's going to move me from thinking that this process is okay. This is what Byron Katie says in here. This this is such a one of my, her favorite quotes. Okay. Quotes. So animals are being slaughtered. Right? It was a slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. That's what the worksheet's on, and it's and it's online. Just Google Byron Katie slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. So slaughterhouses. There's animals there. They're killed for human beings to eat the meat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that reality that that takes place? Mm-hmm. So if you ever argue with reality, what do you get? Um, I, I guess you have a... Or, or argue with negative reality, which you're seeing you don't like, right? An so uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, so she says if you ever argue with reality, you get pain, 
mm-hmm. or suffering. Mm-hmm. So if I argue that what's taking place is completely wrong, it creates some unease for me. And I'm, I don't like to feel unease. I don't like to feel terrible. I don't like to feel sad, bad, or whatever. It happens to me every day. But the less pain I can go through on this planet, the better off I am and the better human being I show up as to serve myself and serve others. So when you walk through a process of this is terrible, this shouldn't happen, and then you see what comes out on the other side. So are you serving animals in that sense? No, you're not serving animals. What you do is all you're doing is changing your perception of what's taking place. Okay, but that's also kind of being comfortable with the fact that we're causing suffering. It's Say that again. It's, that's also being comfortable with the fact that you're ignoring suffering. Yes, but w- here's the question that she would ask. And here again, that th- this is so hard to process until you've been through. Uh, I've done hundreds of worksheets, okay? Okay. And your mindset completely flips on everything. But um, can we actually know for sure that those um, cattle, cows, are, crying? are suffering? Yeah, they cry. Yes. So, but, but they can scream, you, yes, they try and run. I agree a hundred percent, but can you know how they feel? Have you ever been a cow? I can feel them. I can feel the presence of you. I can feel the sure. presence of an animal. I can feel the presence of anything. It's telepathy. I agree a hundred percent, but can you really know how I'm feeling in my mind or is it just a story? No, but if I see you crying or screaming or trying to run from something, I'm going to imagine that you're not doing okay. When your throat's being cut and there's blood squirting out from you and your body's shaking, I'm going to imagine that you're not doing okay. Right. But you're going to imagine key into that for word. empathy you're imagining empathy on me because i'm in pain but can you really know exactly for sure absolutely how i'm feeling i think so when i went vegan animals started to love me more they started to come up to me more and trust me more um it was almost like a veil had been lifted i felt like i had found the god within myself and a lot of things that I had questioned or felt like I would never find an answer for, I did. I found love in places I never thought I would because I I became aware of what my actions were doing to this world that we live in. So for me to say that, no, I can't feel or... I think that's just a cop-out, honestly, to ignore a, a big problem that yeah. we have. That's ignoring suffering. That's like saying that little kids in cages that speak Spanish that we don't understand aren't suffering, yeah. even though they're shaking on a cold floor sure. in the United States right now. Yeah. That's what's so crazy about this work. I can't wait till you do your first worksheet. It's going to blow I, you your You know, mind. like I would... I, it's I, so cool. I run a 21-day vegan challenge. Yeah. I challenge you. Uh, to 21 days. I and, would love to And do then that. I want to talk about animal slaughter again yeah, with you. We will. So <laughs> okay. what we'll do is you'll do a worksheet. Okay. On, I'll come to your group. On that. Yeah. And see how it goes for you. And then just see what you should. And what I'm saying here is I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's a good thing. And you 100% should be an advocate for uh, changing that process if that feels true to you. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is just to question your thoughts about what's actually taking place 
in a certain situations, and that's all these worksheets Have do. you been to a slaughterhouse? No. <laughs> have you listened to them screaming? No. Okay. I haven't. But what I'm saying okay. is, have you been to one? I've watched videos. Yeah. I haven't been to one. I, I actually thought I would commit suicide in one once, yeah. live on really? Facebook. Yeah, because it was so terrible. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to go sh- and I had show to the go world. Th- yes, but I had to go through thought process yeah. and think, how can I stay in control and love my life and keep living every day knowing yeah. what's going on, what's going on yeah. and show up and, and not be bothered in, in a way that I have to tear someone else down or prove them wrong. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, and it's so hard to explain this process because all it does is move you from like frustration, fear, and pain to love. Not that you're going to love that situation, but you come to a completely different understanding of any negative situation that you've ever seen or experienced in your whole life. I'll try that. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah. It literally shifts you from from frustration to uh, love. And here again, not that you're going to love, not that it's okay, not that you shouldn't be an advocate, because if you believe in this Mm -hmm. and this is your um, life's journey, then Mm -hmm. you should be out there, you know, in a parade, marching, explaining to the world, educating the world how how beneficial it is if there's not slaughterhouses on this planet. You know what I mean? And I agree with that 100%, whatever works for you. But I've just noticed every time I get upset about anything that's going on in my world and then I question my thinking, it completely I'm not shifts upset. how I see I, it. You, know? you can talk about so. slaughterhouses and I'm not going to cry or yeah. it's not changing my feelings. I just have a little bit... Um, yeah, it, it's hard talking to people that haven't detoxed because you're honestly <laughs> addicted. Yeah. You're addicted to something, and the thought of giving it up isn't something that is comfortable. Nobody likes to be talked. Sure. Nobody likes to hear about their food. Yeah. Um, because I st- I follow a lot of doctors, doctors that are actually learning to use medicine as food. Medicine shall, food is thy medicine, and medicine Absolutely. shall be thy food. I agree with that. Um, and you were talking about. Food causing, like, if somebody thinks that plants are bad for them or Mm -hmm. they dislike them, then it creates an uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. That goes into food psychology, which is an actual thing. Mm -hmm. So people think, oh, if I have an ice cream, that's going to make me feel better because it triggers a memory or Mm -hmm. the smell or something. But those are actual thoughts that can be overcome. For sure. And so... Um, meat eaters all the time. I One day I asked a lady at a hospital, do you guys have vegan food here? And she said, you're vegan? And I said, yes. And she said, I hate you. And <laughs> wow. I was like, I just looked at her and nodded. And then she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. And she covered her mouth and then she apologized. And yeah. she was, and then we didn't talk about it any further. But um, I hear bacon or you made me want to go eat a steak. So I learned to not like push um, what I'm thinking or how I feel on others because it doesn't change anything. No, doesn't um, change it just throws them into defensive mode. Mm-hmm. But uh, like again, when it comes to toxins and what medications animals are being given, when an animal is being given antidepressants and 
anti-anxiety um, pills and antibiotics. People are eating those and they're cooking them and they're they're combining them with other animals that are being given those things. Because I don't know if you've ever heard about the mad cow. Like, you can't sell a mad cow. It's meat mm -hmm. because it's hard. Mm -hmm. So they give these animals these things. And so then you cook them. That's like meth. Mm -hmm. you have, you're cooking chemicals. And then we're not thinking about all the medications that we're on because of the ways that we're feeling and the way that those medications, that those animals are coinciding with the medications you're taking. Sure. So to me, when I hear I love meat, I hear I'm addicted to meat. Hmm. It's just another addiction. Yeah. Like the people that live the longest on this planet don't eat meat. Um, there's a, a well-known doctor. I can't remember his name, but I can send you his link. Yeah. He is, he was, he, last time I, I saw his birthday, he turned like 104 and he's a vegan and he had, he was a surgeon on hearts and he was just like, here, I can do all these things, which is so dangerous Like we can do the surgery and you might be able, you might die. Or you can change over to this diet. Hmm. And they didn't want that. We want a pill. We want an easy, fast fix. We don't want to change our behaviors. So hmm. I just, you know, and we can be addicted to all sorts of things. Of course. We can be addicted to staying up late. We can be addicted to food. We can be addicted to porn. We can be addicted to all sorts of things. 100%. So when I hear that, I just think... You know, people will rationalize um, their behaviors for sure at any cost. Yeah, and and you have companies that are losing millions and millions of dollars with people not drinking milk anymore, or eating mm -hmm. eggs, and and so you're gonna find information out there yeah. that it it helps them, but that's because they paid for it to be out there. For sure, and the yeah. media will do that to you. They'll tell you what they think you need to ingest just for the almighty dollar, right? Yeah, yeah like our food pyramid. But, yeah. like, eggs aren't even legal to say are healthy. Yeah. Like, you'll see it written as they're healthy, but if you Google, is it legal to say eggs are healthy, it's not. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. It's true. And yeah. And Harvard just did a research study where... Men that eat three eggs a week, um, they increase their chances of prostate cancer. Hmm. So, you know, we've been fed this information, but that's because it's pocketing people. Isn't it with crazy money. that eggs are good for you, then eggs are high cholesterol, then eggs are good for you now, eggs are bad for you, and it, it like changes every 10 or 20 years. Like, it's so crazy how the media decides what's healthy and what's not, but at the end of the day... It's rich people that yeah, decide that yeah, are putting it the in media, the media. Right? Yeah. Whoever's blasting out there that can afford to make the commercial so that everybody can profit and benefit from uh, selling their product, whether it's good or bad for you. And at the end of the day, I go back to what's good and bad for me is, is I guess, whatever, you know, works for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. Like, that's what I love right. about the Byron Katie work is I don't know anything. Is meat good for you? I have no idea. Is it bad so, for you? I have no idea. But fruit and vegetables good for you? I think so, but I, I can't really absolutely know for a fact. I can help you there. Just join anything. my group. I will. Um, I'd love to do a vegan yeah. challenge. I eat vegan most of the time. My daughter's vegan. Yeah. So we're basically you're, at home. My so wife close. doesn't eat meat. 
Your My other daughter loves. will only eat a teeny bit, so we basically are vegan. Like I say, I don't eat a lot of meat, but I just like to be open to the possibility that everything's okay. Well, so, okay. Just for me. Right, which is good. It's good to have a healthy mind, but there are th- we can poison ourselves. I believe slowly. that. I'm not going to so, go out and inject heroin. Right, right. right. but It's not beneficial. Right, because you know that. Mm. But the leading causes of death in the United States, you know what they are? No, I don't know any. Cardiovascular diseases yeah. is number one. Heart problems is number one. Huh. I think two is cancer, diabetes, um, Alzheimer's. It's not guns. It's not yeah. abortions. Yeah. It's not it's our health. It's not school shootings. It is. It's what we're eating, yeah. and um, you can decrease your chances of having a heart heart attack by going vegan to four mm-hmm. percent. Where it's like fifty-six if you eat meat. Eat meat really? Cholesterol doesn't it's not found in plants. It's only mm. found in animal products. Oh. So I'm not trying to argue with you here, but like the leading causes of deaths and people will be like, Oh, it runs in my family. No, tradition runs in your family. Yeah. Food runs in your family. Yeah. So I have a lot of knowledge on that and I share it on my podcast, by I the love way. It. Yeah. And tell us about your podcast. My podcast is positively insane and you mm. can find it on Spotify or Anchor. Yeah. And um, you talk a lot about vegan. And being I try vegan not, in the food, I try not, not to too talk much? too much. I so sporadically I have I I speak about it. My son um, last year he called me and he was like, I can't drive home from school. He's in high school, mm-hmm. um, his last year of high school, and he said, I can't drive home. I don't feel good. My legs are tingly. My arms are tingling, and I have a headache. So I ran over to the high school to pick up my sister and him, um, my sister's special needs. Mm -hmm. And um, we got in the car and he started like, he was talking and he started hitting me because he was, his talk went from like this to blah, 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 just mumbling. And so he started hitting me and I I was shocked and I thought he was having a heart attack because, you know, you hear tingly legs, tingly arms. So I ran him. I just threw on the hazard lights on my car, and I went straight to the hospital. He couldn't get out. He couldn't talk. He couldn't walk. And um, we found out he had a huge tumor in his brain. And when we found that out, um, we found out he has a syndrome called von Hippel-Lindau syndrome. It's one in 36,000 people that get it. And the... um, recommendations from a group that has studied just this, specifically this, but cancer also found out, well, they say don't smoke, don't drink, and only eat plants, Hmm. you know, so. Really? Yeah, so I was lucky that I had been a year into my journey with veganism because it, I mean, they sent him home with stitches in his head, and they were like, we've never sent anybody home this early, right after brain surgery, wow. and I had been, you're only eating vegan. Really? Yeah, you're only eating plants. So how long has he been plant-based diet? He he was only plant-based in the hospital. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He wasn't ready for that. He loves meat. Yeah. He loves seafood. So how's he doing now? Is he still wanting to eat meat, or do you got He doesn't want to. He wants to be You've vegan. you got him dialed in? Mm-hmm. No, cool. not dialed in. If he was dialed in, he'd be vegan. <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on it. I mean, he's doing good, though. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's dialed in, and he's working on his yeah, diet. Yeah, he, he knows. 
yeah. what he wants to do and what he cool. needs to do. Yeah. And then he had, he had actually another surgery in December. So that was October when he had the surgery for his brain. And then he had mm-hmm. a few more taken off of his spine in December. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. It's, Amazing. It's been crazy. You're passionate about your veganism. I am because, you know, it's one thing. It's like you. You want to spread something. You want to spread the word. You want to save people. Um, you want people. You don't want to save people. You want to help people save themselves. Sure. You want to shine a light on in an area that they didn't know. You want to help them unlearn things that they've learned, uh-huh. so that they can, yeah. so that they can live their full potential. Yeah. So I'm, cool. I am I really, it. really passionate about you're it. You're into it. I can tell. Yeah. And I love passionate human beings. Thank and I don't you. care what you're passionate about. Thank you. I've studied it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah. You've got a lot of research to back it yeah, up. Yeah, my and, brain's And you it's believe full. it and you're into it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. love it. I'm going to have a buddy of mine on. Uh, I go see this nutritional guy a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to talk about the gut and it's kind of your second brain mm-hmm. and you got to take care of your brains. gut, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm going to have him come and share his thoughts on how to take care of the gut, how to heal the gut. My gut got all out of balance from all the medication I was taking, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. But my gut was way off. And so I had to, you know, start changing the way I eat. You know, yeah. so I completely changed my diet, got way stricter, cut sugar, cut processed carbs, you know. Yeah. Um, I cut so many things out of my diet that just allowed my gut to kind of um, heal and get back to a healthy state of being. And I know when my gut feels good, it seems like my mind is, you know, when I'm eating good, it seems like my mind feels pretty good. So I'm going to have him on in the I don't know, yeah. next month or so. You should. And I, we'll see how his thoughts are on, you know, yeah. uh, on dietary needs and, you know, so veganism. I just learned uh, something about, people eat. yeah, about um, our food. Yeah. So if it grows, obviously, like naturally uh-huh. out of the ground. Yeah. Um, if we take something, if we like take a substance out of something that grows. Mm-hmm like sugar out of fruit yeah. or um, what is it? Is it heroin out of poppy seeds? What is it? Poppy, poppy seeds, seeds have? Um, is It's a drug. Yeah. Opium? Opium, Opium. Yes. So anytime you take something out of something, uh-huh. it's an, it causes an addiction. Yeah. So sugar. Sugar. Which sugar, we don't even taste in most of our foods. Yeah. We don't even know it's there. It's, it's just loaded in. Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting yeah. when I learned that the other day. Anytime you you monetize, like you draw something out of yeah. something, it, we become addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah, they say that sugar here again, I don't know, but this is what I read, uh, gives you the same um, brain response as cocaine on your, your neurons and your dopamine and whatever. Like it's sugar's that addictive. Yeah. That's what's crazy. I'm a huge fan of like, very little sugar in your diet. I think that in itself is life changing and it's hard to do it all at once. Yeah. But start with sugar, processed carbohydrates, meat, if that's your choice of detoxifying your system and see what shows up. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I love what you're saying. It feels good to be healthy. Yeah. I'm excited to see you see, um, Katie. Uh, yeah, Byron, Katie, you're going to love her work. It'll blow your mind. I'm excited. And I will send people your way. You'll you'll be amazed on on how beautiful her language is. Like I love how Eckhart Tolle speaks. I love him. their language is unbelievable. The way the, her use of words is like no other I've ever heard. Yeah. And then her process is 
it's a game changer. Yeah, I believe it. You. It's, it's all such I do a beautiful is, process. Yeah, I just I challenge myself so. all the time, so that will be mm-hmm. really fun to do. So you told just one last question I have for you. You okay. said uh, your son got the tumor. We discussed that, and then you lost your job. You lost your house, mm-hmm. but you still found some faith in humanity. How did you find faith in humanity after you lost everything? And this was recently. Yeah, that w- so that right? was last year, yeah. and it was very difficult to um, to have a child in primary children's hospital for weeks on end, and not knowing exactly what's going on, and. Um, to go through multiple surgeries just to prep for a big one and um, having to talk to your child about what if you die and what if you become a cannibal, not a cannibal, (laughs) a vegetable, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you become paralyzed and you can't speak. And um, I I didn't know how I was going to get through that. And I I literally, literally like cried in corners at nighttime when the kids were all sleeping. But, um, I've learned a few things. If you need something, ask for it. I love that. Yeah. If you need something, ask for it. Because yes. otherwise, nobody's going to know. And people love helping others. People love helping others, which um, yes. the guy that teaches nonviolent communication, he talks a lot about helping others, um, which I've done all of my life. But again, being vegan, it, it's like a veil is lifted and you think clearer and you feel more and... And so I, I give a lot of credit to that all the time because I don't think I would have dealt with, um, with the whole hospital situation the same. Um, you kind of lose track of time when you're in the hospital and you see a lot of people that are suffering also or and their children are suffering. It's two different kinds. One is physical and the other is mental. And, and it doesn't matter how... I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, it, this is God. Or, you know, they offer whatever makes them feel like they're giving you some solid advice. It makes mm-hmm. them feel better. So I had to learn how to take comments and, um, and not eternalize them a- in a way that would bother me. Yeah. I just had to think, I hope that made them feel better. Yeah. And that's their way of being there for me. Um, and so I learned to ask for things that I needed. I learned to take, I'm not a taker. Mm-hmm. I learned to take what was given that I needed. I learned that life goes on yeah. no matter what. I mean, until you die, life just goes on. And I believe there's life after death. But um, so I reached out because I didn't want my family to be apart during this process. And we live 45 minutes from the hospital. So, and I wanted to be there at night with my son because I didn't know if I'd see him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I asked a friend to ask our f- mutual friend if she, if we could use her RV at the hospital. And she said, yes. And then, um, and then I lost my job. I, they had to replace me. It wasn't that I wasn't a good employee. It was just, they didn't have a way to make up all the work that I wasn't doing and um and then I couldn't pay my bills and other problems I lost my apartment so they said we could use our RV um and we parked it at my mom's house and they had an opening coming up at a rental in one of their homes and I had been manifesting 
I like I was living in a two bedroom apartment, mm. it, which was kind of small. And so I'd been like, okay, I want a yard that's big and my dogs can run around and I want each of my children to have their own rooms. Mm -hmm. Literally five bedroom apartment, big, humongous backyard. I could have my dogs. (laughs) It was was perfect. Um, So we went without, but I had to remember you, before you can have something else, you have to make space for it. And so I literally made space for that you by sure being did. homeless and living in an RV in my mom's yard yeah. for a few weeks. And I think it was three days before Christmas we moved in yeah. and we were awesome. saved. But, you know, um, I have to mention Ronald McDonald House, they have at the hospital, They well, not just at the hospital, they literally have like a hotel for families that are very far away for people mm-hmm. that don't know. Um, Inside the hospital, they have rooms. They have a washer and a dryer. They have they have um, volunteers come in every day and cook meals. They have a kitchen and food in the kitchen, and you can cook meals for your family. Um, they have things for children. They have grab bags that are basically a toothbrush, toothpaste, whatever you wow. can need. And so, so cool. yeah, so... Um, and then I had a lot of other people. I had people praying for us. And whether you believe in prayer or not, it's a form of meditation. It's a sure mantra. It it's it's um, it's sending a vibration. I could literally feel people praying for me. Like, wow. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's like this animal thing we're yeah, talking about. Sure. You, can feel, you can feel it. You can feel the love that is there. Um, and so that helped me. That helped me. I had people giving us money. I had people taking care of my car problems that I was having driving back and forth. I had people taking care of my children. Mm-hmm. I had I had teachers that were understanding about mm-hmm. the situation. I had Amazing. principals that were understanding about the situation. Um, I don't think... And and this is a, at a time where you feel like there's nothing. Yeah. You just feel like, if I lose my kid, what is left? Yeah. And so to have people that you don't know, people that you do know, organizations that have already been put in place for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I found love for humans again. Wow. Because I really was just really angry because nobody mm. wanted to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so cool. Yeah, so... Our, Good for you. Yeah, so if you need something, ask for it. Um, yeah. That's the only way we're ever going to get anywhere in yeah. this life is so. asking and being what the difference we want to sure. see and loving everybody. 100%. And and removing labels. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you ask, uh, the teacher shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Or the beautiful human that wants to give. Tell my kids that all the time. If you want something, you got to ask because we're not mind readers here on this planet. Right. If you need something, you need help, you're struggling, ask. And Let people, people love to, to serve help. others. It's 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 so beautiful it when you serve. It feels good. Oh, changes and your life more yeah. than it changes theirs. And and receiving. Receiving is mm. hard. I think yeah. we've learned, we have these egos. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, I can do it on my own. I'll figure it out. But no, mm. we don't have to figure it out on our own. All we have to do is take what is what is presented. People are giving it because they want to. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I love it. <laughs> that was I love fun. your passionate Thank you. Uh, soul. Thank um, you. Kind lady. I can tell you're going to do amazing that. things on this planet. Thank and it was you. So, such a pleasure to have you on. And uh, here again, 
Positively Insane. Yeah, so Positively Insane on Facebook, and the keyword is Saved Myself. Mm. And then on Instagram, it's Positively Insane underscore. And then you can find me on Spotify and Anchor. Um, Love it, love it. Oh, and if you want help, you know, to join my 21-day vegan challenge, anybody. And um, they just find that on your... Yes, and we don't talk about animal... Um, we don't talk about animals and their suffering. It's focused on food and, and like support because you go through phases and, and people around you go through phases with you, Mm -hmm. um, not being so understanding usually. And so we just offer a really supportive environment for people to talk and there's no bullying allowed. People, people aren't allowed to bully. You just get dropped like that. So Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Thank you. See what you're doing. It. I'm trying. Look what you're doing. You're doing. Keep this your passion. Thing. Thank you. You okay. too. I, I appreciate it because yeah, I'm, I'm going to send people your way for yeah. real. <laughs> you're, you'll 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 love Byron Katie. I'm excited. I'm going to come to your group. Work, I'm just going to come to your group, just, like you said. It's a game changer. <laughs> okay, I'm I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, it's it's just I don't know. I can't say enough about it. So, anyways, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you, listeners, for uh, listening. Uh, we're getting uh, just wonderful, um, beautiful humans paying attention. Lots of text. Lots of uh, you know messages. Uh, things are changing. We're up to about ten thousand subscribers, and we've only been doing this for six months. So, thank you guys so much. Please subscribe. Share with your family. Share with your friends. Um, uh, put this out there, guys. Um, uh, I'm putting myself out there, so maybe you could put yourself out there for me. So thanks again, Jordanelle. Lovely young lady. And uh, we will see you guys soon. And uh, peace out. And thanks so much for uh, listening. You guys are all um, pure love. We're all one here, other than what you're thinking and believing. So keep those... Uh, wonderful thoughts coming and don't forget to question your thoughts and it'll change your life peace out Deuces. and one more thing uh listeners you amazing souls uh this is your lesson of the week talked about my mexico trip go and serve for one full day go downtown go to one of the um, uh, homeless shelters and maybe serve some food or go serve your neighbor Serve your spouse, serve your kids, and just like fully uh, do your best to make their day. And actually in serving others, um, if you break it all down and really pay attention, uh, we're actually serving ourselves. So on that note, peace out again. You guys are rock stars. Love you all. Peace out, your turbo lover.